0: I thank you, Lord, today in this house, that the people of God are confident of this. That no matter what happens in their life, you are with them and you will not leave or forsake them. We thank you for each person that's here today. Lord, those that will listen to this message on the internet or by CD. We thank you, Lord, that your word will bring encouragement and hope. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's give God another praise. And if you notice, we have a new worshiper over here on the end. That's my granddaughter. Hallelujah. It's always good to see God take your children, your grandchildren, and use them for the glory of God. So I was really excited that Annabelle said she would help us this, uh, this semester. She's at Purdue. So everybody say, God is good. God is good. We're going to make a new confession today. It's a confession that um, the church in Tulsa Victory Christian Center, where we are covered by in the network that we're in with them, uh, this is the confession that they've been making for a few years out there. And uh, this year, I was out there in December, and I just felt I saw this everywhere I looked. I mean, it's on everything in the building out there. Uh, But I just felt we're connected to that vision there because we came out of that vision. And when I saw this, I thought, this is for us for this year. Uh, We're going to do this for the next three Sundays on a a series that I'll be sharing on Fortify Families. But we're going to make this confession. Every one of you is here on purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not an accident. Uh, You know, nothing about you is guesswork. Because God says, I know the days I fashioned for you. And that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, and He's gonna fulfill that destiny if we can grab a hold of it with Him. So we're gonna say this together, and uh, just let's just say it in unison. Don't repeat after me. Let's all say it together. Here we go. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. And I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen? Amen. Well, give God a praise. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team. Uh, This message that we'll be sharing for the next couple of weeks, uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, restoration and, and what God wants to do in families. Specifically, I had this word from the Lord November 5th, and I was just praying. Uh, in the park. I wasn't really praying about 2017, although I know every year in this church, God will give us a a mission, if you will, or a vision of what he wants to do in that year in our lives as far as a church. Hopefully, individually, each one of you have prayed and know what God is saying to you. Uh, He has a purpose for you this year. He has a purpose for you every day, 24-7, but we have to connect with that purpose We have to connect with what God sees and not necessarily what we see. And so as I was praying that day, not really praying about 2017, I heard this very clearly in 2017, fortify families. Everybody say fortify, fortify families. If you'll turn to um, with me to Matthew 16, I I felt to make this the scripture that we stand upon, you know, even um, today we'll be talking about God's family, this church specifically, the vision that God gave this church when we came, the vision that we were given by the Lord, Pastor Bill and myself, for this work here in Lafayette, Indiana. But there's a there's a plan and a purpose for every church that God has started in the earth. And and some of us we all have the purpose of seeing people come to Jesus. That's number one. We want to give people the truth of the Word of God that Jesus is the answer for whatever people face, but beyond that, God gives specific assignments to different works, different churches, and we need to all appreciate everyone in the body of Christ, no matter whether what they're doing is exactly what we're doing. Uh, We may not even fully understand maybe what other churches do, but we need to thank God for them, pray for them, and believe that they will fulfill their God-given purpose, their destiny. And sometimes we're so concerned about what other people are doing, we forget to think about what we're supposed to be doing. All to go right on, that's none of you. Hallelujah. Okay, this is Matthew 16, and you must, most of you know this scripture. Uh, Jesus says to, to Simon Peter, to the disciples, Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You know, the revelation of who Jesus is, is given by the Father. It's not given by a preacher. It's given by the Lord into the heart of a person. It says that the Holy Spirit is all over the earth, you know, and he brings conviction of the truth of the word of God to people. That Jesus is, the Jesus died for us. He saved us from certain death and hell. And so it goes on and it says... He said to him, you didn't get this on your own, Peter. This was revealed to you by my father who is in heaven. I also say to you, Peter, that you are that you are Peter and on this rock. Now, he wasn't saying the whole church is built on Peter. He was saying upon this rock of revelation that I am the son of God, that Jesus is the son of God, that that is what the church will be built upon. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Could you just say that with me? The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Now, the church, when we think of the church, we think of like Victory Christian Center, you know, Faith Baptist, what, whatever you associate with a church. But really, the church is, is the combination of all the people who live in it. Uh, the same as this nation is America, but, you know, the nation is really who the people are. And so this church is really the people that are in this church are the church. We are Victory Christian Center, the people. And so what he's saying is the gates of hell cannot prevail against my people, is what he's saying. Against anybody who belongs to me, the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. And uh, I was so glad when Kelly today told the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because it's very important that we know that always he is with us. So no matter what the enemy is trying to say or do, we will not fail because the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Can you get that in you today? That's what Jesus said. The gates of hell will not prevail. And then he goes on to say, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Everybody say that's authority. So Jesus, uh, he explained to us that the reason the gates of hell cannot prevail against us is because of the authority that he has placed in our hands. Uh, The gates of hell cannot prevail against this church. The gates of hell cannot prevail against your house. And you may be here today and say, well, it doesn't look that way. Well, the way it looks is temporal. Wednesday night, I shared a message on maintain an eternal perspective. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that we do not look at. Everybody say, don't look at it. Don't look at the temporary things. Those things that you see around you are subject to change. Why? Because the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. God will have his way. And so we as his people... We get in agreement with what he says. And when I heard that word, um, I was really uh, kind of surprised because uh, I usually do pray about the next year, what what God sees for the church and and our lives personally, our children, you know, and our families. um, Because I feel like that's my assignment from heaven is to look out for this church and uh, to do what God tells us to do in this church and to look out for my family. And, you know, there's the family of God and there's our own personal family. I believe we're all assigned in this in this world to have the victory, no matter what we see. And that we have purpose. This church has purpose. Your children have purpose. Your grandchildren have purpose. That God has a destiny for all of us. And so when I heard that word, I said, God, what what does that mean? I mean, what do we do? And he said, strengthen the families of this church. Uh, so I, I wrote that down, and I've continued to, to pray about that since November. Um, the word fortify, I want to put the definition up here, and I want you to see what this means. Um, Psalm one says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And that it doesn't even help to stay up all night praying and doing all things you're trying to do, unless you're, you've got God as the watchman over that situation that nothing is going to come to pass. And so he has to be first and foremost. Fortify is to strengthen by building military defenses. You know, the word of God is a defense against the works of the enemy. And so when we lift up the standard of God's word, we are putting up a military defense to make stronger, to secure, give physical strength, courage or endurance, to add mental or moral strength. How many of you believe that in lots of families, we need mental and moral strength. And there's a standard that needs to be raised up again to encourage, to add materials to for enriching. That means for making something better, for uh, giving it more worth. And then for, uh, to a fortification or a what I saw was a fort. How many of you have ever, your children, you know, they like to build forts. Uh, my kids were always taking all the blankets. Draping them over everything and their favorite thing to do was to get inside there And then you know, eventually war would break out under the blankets and the whole fort would come tumbling down You know, uh, I I don't know what it is But but god wants us to to build a fort around our family to to see our family protected Psalm 91 is a great psalm to pray over your family. Um, uh, I know when we first came here <clears throat> um, You know, coming back to Lafayette was not something that my husband – well, my husband definitely, he wasn't coming. But, uh, you know, I had heard in my heart that we would come back here and start a work. And it wasn't something that, you know, we were looking to do. I had heard that. I had gotten a little excited about the fact that I heard that. And I told my husband, and he quickly told me, we will never go back to Lafayette, Indiana, which I cried all the way home that day from work. Because the man who had given that word in a meeting, I really felt God said that was something we would do. And, uh, and so w- when we first heard we were coming back, and Pastor Bill heard we were coming back, uh, you know, I, I guess the, even though I had heard it, I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to go back. How many of you have things that, you know, if, if you have to go back and win the battle there, you not necessarily want to go do that. And, uh, and what, I, what I began to say was, Lord, are you sure you want us to go back there And uh, what I heard was, everything I've done in your life is for your family, to bring your family in. Well, you know, um, I love my family, so I was, you know, all about that. But I thought, well, you know, they can come in by television. (laughs) Or Pastor Hackett or somebody. Uh, You know, we don't always want to be the vessel God uses to do what God wants us to do, especially in our families. But this is a year where I believe we all have to be willing to be whatever we have to be to see God do what he wants to do in families, Uh, to fortify, to to build up a a real wall, if you will. You know, if you look at Nehemiah, and of course, uh, if you read through the Bible, that's one of the last books that you read uh, in their daily Bible reading which is always encouraging because you're getting ready to hear Job. <laughs> How many of you know you need some real encouragement before you get to Job? And so Nehemiah, uh, he, he was the man that God put it in his heart to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem was in the state they were in because of their own sin. They were in that position because of their own mistakes. But, you know, God, God can fix mistakes. God told me that at the end of the year. There's no mistake that I can't fix. You just have to be willing to participate in it being fixed. And that's sometimes what we don't want. You know, somebody fix this mess. How many have ever said that? This is a mess. Somebody needs to fix it. Call me when it's over. You know, but God assigns us situations and circumstances that we're supposed to do. Nehemiah was like that. And he began to weep. He, it wasn't really him. It was the spirit of God that God had put on him to rebuild that city, to rebuild those walls. And it wasn't going to be an easy task, but he accepted the assignment. And in Nehemiah 2, I just want to read this to you, and then I'm going to share with you what I believe is coming in 2017 for this church, for your house, you know, this house, your house, and for the the world in general, for those who will listen and want to participate in what God's going to do. But it says in Nehemiah 2, you know, Nehemiah had given, been given permission by the king to go t- to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. Even uh, whatever he needed, that the king himself would see that he had provision for it. And so it says in verse 17 of chapter 2, Then I said to them, he was speaking with the people. And uh, he had not told the Jews, the priest, or anybody. But then he began to tell them what he saw. And he said, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste. And its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. In other words, let's let's repair these walls and let's become who we're supposed to be. Uh, let's go back to who we are. We're the children of the living God. This is the city that belongs to God. So let's rebuild. Let's, let's build this thing back to what it needs to be. <coughs> Excuse me. And so uh, I told them of the hand of my God. It's very important that you understand Nehemiah wasn't just doing this because he saw a problem. It was out of the heart of God that he went to build these walls. And so it was a word God had put in him, which has been good upon me. And also the king's word. He had had the agreement of the king that he had spoken to me. So they said, well, let us rise up and build. How many of you know people can get excited when they have a cheerleader? But then when the cheerleader in there, they're not so excited. You know, uh, I believe that when God speaks in our hearts, at least I know from my experience, Boy, I come out of, the, out of my prayer time with God, I mean, I am ready to do it. And then I run into the people who are not, like, excited about that. And then pretty soon, you know, the Holy Spirit's in there still, still cheerleading, but it's up to us to stay in agreement with what the Holy Spirit's saying and not all these people that are saying something else. He ran into that immediately with Sanballat and, and uh, uh, Tobiah and Geshem, an and Arab. They heard about it, and they laughed at him and despised him and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So a minute, immediately there were words spoken that were accusations against him that he was doing something wrong. How many of you know when God tells you, you know, we're going to fortify families, the enemy's going to say something that says that that's not really right. I mean, you don't want to get mixed up in all of that. Uh, And then it says, so I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. I want you all to say that. The God of heaven himself will prosper me. It's not, it wasn't what Nehemiah could do. It was what God was going to do. And so that's what he said to them. He will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants will arise and build, but you have no heritage. He said to his enemies, you have no heritage to write or memorial in Jerusalem. In other words, you have no power or authority over us because we are doing what God said to do. And uh, and it goes on in his strategy of how he rebuilt those walls. You know, when God asks us to do something, he gives us ways to do it that sometimes are not like what we would do it. But they are ways that with God that way will work and it will be amazing. You know, just like Jericho fell because a bunch of people marched around six days. And the seventh day, they blew a trumpet, and gave a shout, and the walls fell down. How many of you would like for that to happen at your prop with your situation? I mean, I would be willing to march for six days if it's going to be over with that fast. Hallelujah. Some things of God take a long time. But, you know, God's ways are so much different. And so Nehemiah, he began to place them on the wall. And he placed them according to Evidently, they're giftings because when you read it, it says he placed them and he tells what they do. I'm looking at verse eight of Nehemiah chapter three, and it says next to him, he's talking about how he's placed people next to this person. Uzeel, the son of Harahiah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs. Also next to him, Hananiah, one of the perfumers, made repairs. And they fortified Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Then it goes on and saying, next to them, then he placed another person, the son of her, and next to him, Jedediah, the son of another person, made repairs in front of his house. Everybody say in front of his house. And when I when I read this a couple of years ago, uh, I read it in the Leadership Bible uh, by John Maxwell, where he puts his commentary. And in his commentary, he said that was motivation. Everybody say motivation. He put them to repair the wall that was in front of their house. How many of you know if there's something going wrong and it's about to get you, you're a lot more motivated if it's going to affect you? Amen? You know, like if it's happening down the street, it's not not a big situation. Uh, this last week during that windstorm, uh, our and this is just a small thing, but the fence behind our house. Now, I have always known that Reith Riley is back there. And they have all kinds of equipment and things. It's like a junkyard back there. And in addition to all the things they really do do, but old equipment, you know, just parked wherever. Well, there's a fence. So, you know, I'd keep the eternal view. The fence. Well, the wind blew the fence down. Now I got a temporary view. And it's not good. You know, those things that the enemy is trying to get our focus on, you know, they don't always look like what what we need to be looking at. And so I'm motivated now to get that fence up. <laughs> Before, I, I wasn't concerned that it's fallen down down the way because it is about to fall down the way, but it hasn't fallen down there. But I wasn't really concerned about that, didn't even notice it until I saw my fence down. Now I am ready to build a big fence and not ever want to think about what's behind that fence but now i've seen it so now i have to get that out of my situation i got to put something up there when nehemiah was building that wall he put people in a position where what they were fortifying had to do with protecting them and it motivated them and they built that wall they built that whole thing took care of that whole thing in 52 days that's pretty fast to put a wall up around a city but he knew what to do to get those people in position I believe God knows what to do in every person in this church, in your lives, that will fortify your family. He knows what that is. It won't be the same for everybody. We don't all do things the same way. God has a different way to do everything. But God has um, connected you to his power. You have the Holy Spirit in you. So for your family, uh, next week we're going to talk about your families a little bit more in detail. God has a plan and a purpose. For this church, when we came to start this church, God had a plan and purpose for this church. And if I were to ask you today, what is the vision of Victory Christian Center? What I felt to do this this Sunday, next Sunday, next Sunday, is to fortify God's vision for families. Well, God's vision for Victory Christian Center is these these three words. Love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Everybody say that. Love, Acceptance and forgiveness. In Habakkuk too, if you'd put that scripture up, Habakkuk was a prophet, and um, you know, he was a little discouraged by everything that was going on, and he was telling God in chapter one, "Listen, all these things are going on, and I don't understand." Now I'm paraphrasing, but he was like complaining to God, "You know, this is what everybody's doing. Are you going to do something about this? I mean, are you going to fix this?" And uh, he, then he said he he was going to wait and listen for God. To speak to him. How many of you know that's a, that would be a great idea? And this, he said, I stand my watch and set myself on rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm corrected. How many of you have ever told God what you think and know he's going to be sharing with you some other information <laughs> that might be a little a bit of correction for where you've been going? And so it says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. You know, there's a vision for this church. There's a vision for your house. There's a vision for marriages. There's a vision that God has when he hooks two people up together. The Bible says they become one. They're not one in the flesh, but in the spirit, they're one so that they're powerful. Everybody say powerful. And so for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak. What does every vision speak at the end? That God did it. Everybody say, God did it. God did it. And it will not lie. Though it tarries, and we all know what that means, you know, waiting. It says, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And uh, I felt today to just share a little bit about this church with everybody, because I think there's some new people here, people maybe all of us that have been here maybe longer, sometimes, you know, you get going, and, you, and if you're not focused on what God's focused on, you, you become discouraged or you get off track. You can get going down the wrong path. And uh, when this particular uh, year in December, I went to Tulsa uh, to be a part of my granddaughter having my first great-grandchild. I know I don't look that old. I'm not in my heart, but the number that I have is a big one. My granddaughter told me that, the one that's seven. That is a big number, Grandma. Well, when you're, you know, when you're in first grade and you're just going up to 20, you know, my birthday is a lot more numbers than that. In fact, I don't think she could count that far at that time, but it was a big number. But anyway, so I was there, and uh, when you go back to the root, everybody say the root, of what God wants. You go back to where the foundation is. You know, a home oftentimes uh, they'll go in and they'll gut a home and they'll, they'll make it all new inside. But if, if you take the foundation out, you have no home. You have to start over. Everybody say start over. And so uh, a lot of times the foundation is okay, but because other things haven't been taken care of, what's inside is not so okay. But you don't have to take the foundation out. You just have to go in and clean it out and get it going right again. And so uh, when when the Lord began to speak to me about this, I was at ORU. I was sitting there uh, in a place where I would go and pray when I go there. And uh, for those of you that don't know me, in 1979, God took me to Oral Roberts University. Um, it was a supernatural move of God. I'm not going to share on all that today. But I ended up out there with my three children, single mom by myself. And I worked there for a year. And in that year... Uh, due to Joel Osteen's father, John Osteen's CDs, he would bring, uh, one of the brothers, Paul, would bring me those CDs and I would listen to them. And God healed my life. I would sit at my piano at night, play the piano. I would just cry and cry. In fact, I thought I was having a breakdown, but I didn't want to tell anybody because I thought they'll take my kids. Now, you know, there were days I wanted them to. But... You know, uh, I, in my heart, it was a great fear that somebody would see how messed up I was, and they would take my children. And uh, and so I was desperate. I was desperate to find God in that in that situation. And I was taken away from my family and everybody who had influence in my life. I was all by myself and just me and the Lord and one friend that I had out there that I knew. And that was it. And uh, I didn't have any money, so I didn't go anywhere. Uh, Friday night was a big deal for my children. I took them to the co-rec at ORU, and we got an ice cream cone. That was our big event for the week. But God, in that year, changed my life totally. And so this year, when I went out, I don't usually go around that time of year, but I was I was sitting at the City of Faith, and uh, I'd been hearing this thing about families and I don't know why, I just, I think it was something I needed to hear. How many of you know sometimes you just need to go back and hear what God said? You need to go back to the foundation. And uh, I won't go into detail, but the last three years here in this church, uh, there were some situations, and and uh, we have a son that was here, and he's not here now. And just things that happened that were devastating to me in my heart. Uh, just, you know, you can say that broke my heart. It, it was like I don't know if I can survive this in my heart. You know, now you have to keep going. Everybody say you have to keep going. But it, it did something in it shook my house. It shook my house. But my foundation was stable. Thank you, Jesus. And so I couldn't be I couldn't be pulled down. But the enemy tried to pull me down. And uh and so you know this last year Um, The Lord told me at the beginning of the year that this was going to be a year of fulfillment for us personally, for this church. And I remember Hannah and Kelson, Hannah also had that word. And, you know, several things happened in Hannah's life that she had dreamed of. You know that song we sang, you know, letting go of every dream and vision and things that you see. Um, She just, she had such an exciting time and she shared about it one time in one of her staff meetings. And in my heart, I thought, Lord, I just know that uh, at the end of this year, our son is going to come back. I just know he is. That's my – when I wrote down what would be fulfillment to me, that was fulfillment. How many of you ever had things that are just fulfillment to you? Well, he didn't. And he wasn't and isn't. And so, you know, for me, it was like, okay. Now, see, the enemy – wants to steal what you believe and god began to speak to me when i was at the city of faith and i'm going to read a little bit of it he said i was sitting there now oru is like over here victor christian Center is across the street right here pastor billy joe who was our pastor is in heaven they named the drive that's sitting in front of me billy joe doherty drive in the center of the drive are the praying hands that i always went on Saturdays where I would sit and pray. And so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm just, you know, waiting on God, praying. And I heard this, oh, are you, this is your home. How many of you know where you have a revelation of Jesus? That's your home. I don't care where it is. I've, I've told people that have called me from other churches when they leave here and they'll say, I can't find another church that's like victory. I said, don't look for another victory. Look for where God wants to put you. Victory was your home. But God has other things he wants to add into your life now. So find where that is. Don't go looking for that because, you know, it's kind of like when you grew up at your house. Any of you know about your house? Well, you leave there eventually. And so, you know, then you, you, you build into your life other things. So anyway, this, but this is what I heard. I thought this is God speaking to me. The place where you found me, not where you were saved, that is where I found you. O-R-U is where you found me. There's a difference. I knew who Jesus was, got saved in a friend's kitchen. I remember there. But there's no place for me that where my Christian roots, my foundation is, like sitting where I sat that day with O-R-U and victory. The two places in my life where God sealed who he is in my life. my life, The foundation. And uh, God said to me, the year of fulfillment is done. And I'm thinking, well, it's December 29th. (laughs) It's pretty close to the 31st. (laughs) And it's not going to be that. And he said, no, the fulfillment had to be in you. I thought, dear Jesus, it's me again. (laughs) Have you ever felt that way with God? It's like, oh, God, we got clear to this and it's me again. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is it ever going to get better? You know, is it ever going to be somebody else? Could we find somebody else? And, uh, but what God said to me was, you had to survive and go forward, and you are there. And I thought, well, thank God. I don't feel any different that day. But then he began to speak to me, and there's vision. And the vision for Victor Christian Center is not about you. It's not about your son. It's about me. And I had to do this again in your heart. I'm just being honest with you. He did it in my heart in 1979. He separated me from my family. Now, I got to come back and be with him. But what I'm saying is their decisions, their choices, what they thought did not get in to my foundation. But I had to walk it at a level that I had never had to walk it at. We have prayed for Bill's children for a long time to be in this church and my heart breaks for him sometimes because i know that's his heart's desire but i never had it happen to me and so i walked through that valley for 3 years but suddenly it was gone and suddenly it was like now you can go now the word i had 3 years ago was there will be a correction for multiplication and i kept thinking well This is the way it's gonna get fixed, but that's not the way God sees it. Everybody say not the way God sees it because no person in your life or my life is the answer for what God wants to do. Can I say that again? No person, no person, mother, brother, sister, daughter. If you read, in fact, the last part of the last days, how it'll be in families, it says there'll be a lot of disagreements And families just disappearing, falling apart. I believe that's why God said to me, in this church, not going to happen. Everybody say, in this house, not going to happen. You say, now how can she say that? She just told us that her son is gone. Well, my son's gone right now. I don't know what my son's going to do. But it cannot affect what I do. It cannot affect you, what you do, based on what your children are doing, based on your sister, based on your mother, based on your brother, because... There will be a desertion. Everybody say dessert. How many, not, no, this isn't like what you eat. This is like go away. Um, how many of you ever had somebody leave you that you really love? Yeah. And so, you know, I experienced that in divorce years ago. Well, you, what, you, what you have to come to is that was never the answer for my life. Jesus is the answer for my life. Because to fix anything, Jesus has to be number one. Whether that person's added back, those people, that situation, it doesn't matter. What has to happen is you have to be whole and complete in him. And so what I heard was this church, the foundation of this church, and uh, I'm going to share more on family next week. Family, your family. Uh, But right now I want to share with you this church is built upon a foundation, the same foundation that Victor Christian Center is built on in Tulsa. We are a part of that network. Everybody say network. We are not a denomination, but we have the same DNA. And that's the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. We are a charismatic, interdenominational church. Our vision is love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And in this house, the signs, wonders, and miracles of the Holy Spirit of God operate. Amen? And and there's no, uh, that may not be in other churches, but that's our assignment. And so we're concerned with, our assignment and uh i i years ago i heard a lady named fuchsia pickett speak she spoke about uh, a vision that god had given her of uh, these hydroelectric power plants and um that were the the main one was in heaven but then in the earth that there were there were churches that were part of this network and the pipes from heaven ran to those churches and the key in those churches was the word. They were full of the word, the water of the word. And the water in that reservoir was full. And at a certain point, God showed her this, it was 1963, that he was going to flip a switch. And when he flipped that switch, the anointing of the Holy Ghost would sweep through all of those places that those pipes were connected to. And when that happened, there would be a huge revival. Uh, And an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God in signs, wonders, miracles. And uh, I was with Pastor Sharon Doherty in in Louisiana when this woman gave this word. And uh, she said, I believe that I'm to share this here today because I believe there are people who are here today who have those power plants. And I'm with Pastor Sharon. I'm just with her. I'm not anybody. I mean, the people we're with are people that have major works around the world. And, uh, and so I'm, but I'm just a traveling compa- I'm just along with her for, to be a companion, make sure, you know, she has what she needs. And uh, I thought, well, that's victory. I mean, we're there, we're on staff there. I'm thinking this is going to be so exciting. I mean, I'm really excited. And, uh, and then I hear, you'll have one of those. I thought, me, we, Bill and me? I mean, we're not going anywhere. You heard him. He said, we're not ever leaving victory. But, but God has his purpose for things. This church, I believe, is one of those power places. And I believe that God's about to pour out like we have never seen before. It takes unity. Everybody say unity. Unity with the Holy Spirit. It's not about all of us thinking the same way. It's about all of us knowing what the Holy Spirit is saying. And I believe this is this is a year where we're going to see that like we have never seen it before. I believe we have come through a place uh, where, you know, God wanted us to go through. And I believe that we're at the size we're supposed to be. I believe we're in the place we're supposed to be, because I've said to the Lord before, God, are you ever going to get us out of this building? And you know what he said back to me? This building is where people will come that I want to help and they won't go to another building but they'll come in this building. And I thought, oh, sorry about that. (laughs) I won't say any more about that. You know, sometimes we have our vision of how things are gonna be. God is gonna do things his way, but if we get in agreement with him, this year is gonna be a year where we see families fortified. I believe we're connected to the church in Tulsa. Networking wasn't even something that went on in 1963 when she had that vision, but today, There are networks of churches that are connected. We are one of those churches. There's Victory Tulsa, Victory Austin, Victory Orlando, Victory Lafayette, Victory Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. There are places where there are some of us that came out of Victory. And I believe that God said, do this confession right now because I want you connected to this confession. What we confess is what we have. We are here on purpose because we have a purpose. And we are networked with other churches that flow in the same DNA. And God is about to flip the switch. And families are going to be fortified like we have never seen before. So let's stand together and we're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for every person who's here today. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you. How many of you in this church right now would say, I need this in my life?